0: You're listening to a Richwood Church Podcast on a sermon series entitled, Breakthrough. It was high noon and incredibly hot. There there was no one else around. But that's the point. There was no one else around. She she was tired of all the whispering and the judgment and the condemnation that had come her way. But the worst part of it is that she saw herself as others saw her, used and dirty and without hope. But as she began to draw water a traveler stopped by and asked for a drink. And her life was never the same. And of course, I'm referring to the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4. Jesus knew her sin. Jesus knew her shame, but he sought her out. He traveled a forbidden road and reached into her life, because this woman was just doused in shame, broken and ruined, but Jesus still reached into her life. She needed a breakthrough, and many of us need a breakthrough. We we carry shame around with us, and shame is a joy killer, Shame is a curse. Shame is a lie, and it's a tool of the enemy. But shame doesn't have to win if we believe the promises of God and this promise that we're going to look at this morning. Shame disappears with the promise in Christ there is no condemnation. No condemnation. And so this morning we're going to see that we can... We can move past shame. You can conquer shame if we just believe that promise. Just like the woman at the well, she was so excited that she went and told everyone no condemnation. And if you believe that, you can break through and find victory over the power of shame. So let's take our Bibles, let's take a look at that amazing passage this morning. Please turn, if you would, to Romans 8, beginning in verse 1. Romans 8, beginning in verse 1, page 943. And if you'd like, you can take that Bible in front of you and turn to that page 943 or use your Ridgewood app and touch media and just work your way through to today's date in the study guide. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. As we know, Paul's primary theme in Romans is the gospel. He spends time at the beginning of the book to talk about the ravages of sin and the consequences of sin, and then he moves into the doctrine of justification in salvation. And so here, he's going to tell us how to do that. He's going to tell us that freedom comes through forgiveness, but only through Jesus Christ. We can only have a breakthrough through a relationship with Jesus Christ and trusting in His promises. So let's take a look at Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There is no condemnation. And this passage, it just punches shame in the mouth. It's powerful. It alleviates any doubt that through the transformative power of Jesus Christ that we can walk in freedom as forgiven men and women of Christ. And if you look at the text here, the there is therefore now no condemnation. The therefore refers back to chapter 7, When Paul was lamenting his own spiritual condition and talking about his war and battle with sin and doing the things he doesn't really want to do and not doing the things he wants to do, and then he offers a solution. Here in verse 8, he describes the power that helps defeat sin and shame, no condemnation. Now the Holy Spirit is mentioned here too, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. The sanctification or being made holy by the Holy Spirit is what drives us to Christ. It it is what protects us from shame. It is what allows us to see that we can wear the righteousness of Christ. Paul really is saying here, in essence, because of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, There is no condemnation waiting for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the Spirit is working in you, there is no condemnation waiting for you, so you don't have to carry that around with you. No condemnation means no shame. Now, I stated earlier that shame is a liar, shame is a curse. And in order for us to be free from it, we need to discover where it came from. And so let's take a look at the origin of shame. And it began way back in the garden at the fall. This is where shame began. God had created this amazing universe. And in this amazing universe, He created this amazing planet. And on this planet, he created this perfect place for Adam and Eve to live. And there they enjoyed this paradise. They walked with God every day. They were who they were created to be. But at the beginning of Genesis 3, we see Satan enter the picture. And he convinces them that they could have more than what God is offering, which is still the lie he sells us today. Adam and Eve bought the lie that they could be like God, and everything changed. Their relationship with God was scarred, they became vulnerable, and they realized that they were naked and shame had come into the world. Look at this text here in Genesis 3, 6 and 7. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. What is happening here? What is happening is, is that they noticed that they were suddenly vulnerable. That their relationship with God had been scarred. And what they did is what we do, they went and they hid. And so God came looking for them. In His grace He made loincloths for them to wear. But that union with God had been broken. Shame had arrived, and they needed now a breakthrough. And because of inherited sin, or original sin if you want to call it that, you and I have this problem whether we want it or not. We have a sin problem, and so we need a breakthrough. And and the answer for Adam and Eve was the same answer that it is for us. It's faith. For Adam and Eve, it was faith in the promises of God. For us in the church age, it's faith in Jesus Christ. The promises of Jesus. No condemnation. Because as shame originated in the garden, the consequences became apparent and obvious. And they are devastating because the consequences of shame include bondage and isolation. When we go hiding, then we are isolated. When we can't be ourselves because we don't think we're going to be loved, then we are in bondage. We see Bible characters struggle with this all over the place. We've already met the woman at the well in 2 Samuel. We see David sleep with a neighbor's wife, and he got her pregnant, and what did he do? He killed her husband to hide so his sin wouldn't be seen. In Luke 8, there's this precious woman who had been bleeding for years. This, this private, terrible malady. She couldn't come out publicly and say something about that. And so she lived in this bondage of shame, but she was able to touch the garment of Jesus and she was healed. And what these people have in common is that they were driven by shame. And what that woman found, and what David eventually found, and what the woman in the well found is forgiveness, that God loves them, and that God loves you, despite the condition that you struggle with. And so shame originated in the garden. It exposed vulnerability And it causes bondage, it causes isolation. But Romans 8, 1 and 2 proclaims an amazing promise. You don't have to live like that. There's no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. And so, the promise is for those who have been declared righteous because of their relationship with Christ. The promise is a breakthrough for those declared righteous. This is our hope. This is what we cling to. This is truth. Look at verse 1 again. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? It means that as a result of faith, we are justified. We have been made right with God. That means we identify with Christ and the righteousness of Christ, the very righteousness of the Son of God, the sinless one, is imputed to us. And so, yes, there's a struggle on this earth with sin. Yes, we are in a war with sin. But as the Father looks upon us, He looks upon us as He looks upon His Son, pure and white and wearing the robe of righteousness. And that's why Paul can confidently say, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And, and that's an amazing promise for those who have been declared righteous. So you don't have to carry shame around. There, there doesn't have to be I'm not good enough. There doesn't have to be I'm dirty. There doesn't have to be I am not good enough there does not have to be i am dirty does not have to be i do not think people are going to like me if I say this about myself because you are already forgiven and loved by God. I remember once I was in a counselor's office and she said to me, Paul, she said, if you can look back at your past and if you could just give me an image of how you see your past. And I said, garbage dump. Garbage. And she said, have you ever in your mind asked Jesus to come with you to that garbage dump and stand with you and look at it together. And of course in my mind I'm thinking, Jesus doesn't want to see that. But she knew that if I could, if I could just stand there with Jesus and look at this garbage dump of stuff, and there's some really bad stuff in there, that I would know that Jesus still loves me. And, and even beyond that, he would say to me, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. That's why I died for you. And there's a freedom that comes with releasing ourselves to God and, and to the safety of Jesus Christ. And, and that freedom is all about this sphere of safety that comes for those who are righteous. Because at the cross, Jesus did away with that garbage dump. And, and, and through faith, he has forgiven me. So I don't need to bring that everywhere I go. We see this again in 2 Corinthians. Paul writes about this truth. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Not in us, in him. Don't try so hard because it isn't going to work. It's in him. And so a prayer that might help is just help. Submission. Getting on your knees and giving yourself to Jesus. And so we see clearly here that Jesus is the substance of this righteousness. It is his work that is the foundation. But the Holy Spirit is at work too. And he is the agent of the promise. In other words, he is the transfer of the promise. He is the one who brings the promise to us. He is the one who guides us to this righteousness. Look at verse 2 again. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And that transitional word for introduces the reason there is no condemnation for the believer. Evidence that believers are in Christ is that the power of sin is being broken by a process that the Holy Spirit is involved in that we call sanctification. Others could just call it becoming holy, becoming more like Christ, whatever terminology you want to put to us. But this is what it means to move toward Christ and that the Holy Spirit is taking us toward that beautiful truth of no condemnation. The phrase could be called not the law of sin and death, it could be the principle of sin and death. And it's very simple. Sin produces death, righteousness produces life. And through Christ, we can have life. Now, there's still that war that goes on inside of us as we struggle in this sinful world. And and Paul lamented that, and I mentioned that earlier, but I want you to look at it real quick. So just page back a page or so to Romans 7, beginning in verse 18. Romans 7, 18. And we're going to see his battle with the principle of sin and death. I want you to see the struggle. Verse 18. And this is remarkable coming from the Apostle Paul. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, But the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see my members in other law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive Bondage to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 24. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, here's the answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. What's the answer? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. And while we're waiting to be glorified, while we're waiting to be with Christ, and the war continues between our new selves and old selves, we know that we have become righteous in Christ and that there will be no condemnation. And because of this promise, there is no place for shame to live. But yet, The temptation and what we do so often is we just take that shame and we just bring it with us. You know, there's almost a comfort in having that shame with us, isn't there? It's like a safety net. Because when things go bad, we can just look at our stuff and go like, well, yeah, I do that all the time or somebody else does that all the time. But if we really buy into no condemnation, then we don't have to carry shame around. We can stop hiding. And we do hide. We do hide. We keep secrets about ourselves, and so we're never really free to tell others who we are, and we never hear those words, Oh, I know all about you, but I still love you. Because that secret stays here. We judge others harshly, because if we can just turn the sin on them, then no one needs to look at the sin in us. And we can pretend that somehow our sin isn't as bad as theirs. That's hiding. And then we miss the fullness of Christ because we can never be free to receive His grace because we've convinced ourselves that we're self-sufficient and we don't really need it. Adam and Eve... Man, they ducked into the woods. And that's what we do. But we don't have to live like that anymore. We don't have to hide. Because when we do, we are incomplete. But the work of Christ has come, and He has saved us from this. And so we can know that the work of Christ makes a break from shame possible. And that that break from shame is the gospel of Jesus Christ that yes we are we are left wanting we are not what we're supposed to be we are in a sinful world paul can say wretched man that i am and then in the next chapter say there's no condemnation it's because of the gospel because christ went to the cross with that sin and paid the price and died there and those who believe in him are forgiven and have eternal life. That's the gospel. And so, have you ever received Jesus into your life as your personal Savior? Have you ever agreed to follow Him? Have you ever said, I need forgiveness? Because if you do, you can come out of shame, you can come out of self-loathing, and you will have eternal life. And here, we see there's no condemnation because shame disappears. And we can leave our garbage dump to Jesus. And so we see that origination in the garden. And we see the isolation. We see the bondage. But we also see hope because the Holy Spirit is moving us into this new life. And there is no condemnation so that shame doesn't have the last word. And this morning my hope and my desire for you is that you can come out of shame and have victory over shame in Christ. And so, I want to give you just a few quick gospel takeaways that maybe will help you this week as you get back into your real life, tackle this issue of shame that affects us so deeply. The first is this, it all starts with the cross. You can break through shame because your sin died with Christ on the cross, And if you believe that, and most of us theologically would say, yeah, of course, yeah, I believe that. Then why do you drag it with you then? Leave it at the cross where it belongs. That's why Jesus went there. You don't have to drag it along with you. And and Peter writes about this. He said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds. Don't keep wounding yourself. He's already been wounded for you because he knows about that garbage. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. While you had the garbage dump, he died for you. So go back to the cross and leave your sin there. Secondly, you can break through shame because you're being made new by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that some days it doesn't seem so. Some days you're thinking, I am not changing. There there is the same stuff that's happening over and over again. I don't like the things I think about. I don't like the things that I say. But you need to trust the promise that you are being made holy by the Holy Spirit. And you can walk freely in that. And you can just ask for forgiveness and move on. So, so keep the cross in mind. Keep the Holy Spirit in mind. And thirdly, you can break through shame when your story helps others. And this is a powerful way to tackle shame. Begin to explore what it would mean to tell your story to others that need hope. I have people come to me and say, you know, I... I told my story here or there or to someone and it was really freeing. Because you know what happens? You realize that so many people have touch points with you and that you're not alone. And, and, and people come up to you and they go like, wow, yeah, I, yeah. well, yeah, like, "Why well, I get that. And all of a sudden you start to see a purpose. And listen, as we're making Jesus known through community impact, People don't want to see religion. They don't. They want to see real people walking with God who have real pasts that they've been able to grapple with. And if you're not willing to share your story, they're going to see you as the holy person. They're not going to be able to relate to you. And so don't be afraid to tell your story. Now, be wise about how much you share, but give people glimpses into who you really are and what Christ has done for you. That is a powerful, powerful testimony to God's grace. And then, closely related to that, a breakthrough can happen when you let go of the past and live for the future. Now, this is where I get tangled up. Because I have a really hard time letting go of the past. I have a very hard time believing that God has let me off the hook. And that's where trusting the promises of God helps me to see that there is hope for a future. And I go to verses like this in Isaiah 43, 25. I I am he who blots out your transgressions. For my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Now, what God is really saying here is not that I don't know things, He knows everything, but He's saying, I choose not to hold those sins against you. So, why do you hold them against yourself? You don't have to walk in shame, you can come out of shame. And so, I want you to leave with this promise in your mind. You can break through shame only through the power of Christ. But there is power there. I I just can't stop thinking about that woman who was bleeding and was so ashamed And had had this malady for years. And that's not something you publicly walk around and talk about. But she just touched the hem of the garment of Jesus and she was well. Are you willing to reach out and touch the garment of Jesus this morning? That's your hope. Not not numbing your pain. Not trying to talk yourself out of it. Not pretending that your past doesn't exist or shutting down your hope is touching the garment of Christ. The woman at the well was doused with shame. She was ruined. She desperately needed to be free. She needed a breakthrough. And Jesus knew exactly where he had to go and what he had to do to meet her where she was. So listen, if you are right now connecting with anything that I'm saying, you've got to believe that though shame can kill your joy and take you to places you don't want to go, that there is power to be released and it is in Christ. No condemnation is available for those who know Christ. So this morning, if you have never given yourself to Christ, if you have never asked for forgiveness, if you have never trusted Him with your future, and you want to receive Him into your heart, I want you to to do that. I just want you to say, God, I need you. I'm ready now. Please come into my life. Forgive me for my sin. And if you're a believer that's somewhat driven by shame or just can't shake the past or you're just really, really struggling, now's the time to say, man, I want to believe this promise. Will you help me? Will you help me walk as if I really am clean and pure and righteous? So why don't you take a moment and just reflect on that. And if you do want to meet Jesus in a new way, you can fill out a card and put it in that box in the back when you're finished. But take a moment and just ponder this truth, and then I will close in prayer. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. We encourage you to receive the message that was just given and let the Lord do a mighty work in and through you. For more information on how to connect, give to this ministry, or for more faith-based resources, visit us at myrwc.org.